0: back to Closer Mentality. I'm your host, Julia Mellant. This episode's guest approached me on LinkedIn months ago, hoping to connect two like-minded mental health advocates. What transpired is this interview, a story of strength and the journey to find one's self-worth, a trip which serves to share the fragility of the toughness facade. Meet Andrew Delaney. Delaney is a junior on the Adelphi University men's basketball team, And the 6'6", New Jersey native is making a statement on and off the court. Throughout bouts with other sports, basketball has always been his first love.
1: I coach, I trained and I ref for like Crispin basketball, Joe Crispin. He played at Penn State, ended up playing in the NBA for a little while, played with Kobe. And he runs Crispin basketball, which is a like club basketball league. And what they emphasize is enjoying the game up until about 13, 14 years old. And we accept, you know, multi-sport athletics. Because a lot of times, if you're playing football, basketball, and baseball, say you're doing that, you're a little bit more carefree because you're not all, you know, to the grind with just basketball. And that's your entire focus. And, you know, it gives you kind of a break. And the most carefree players are the multi-sport athletes and, and that are just enjoying the game and kind of figuring out what they want. And, oh, I like this type of vibe. And so, you know, we're open till right around 13, 14 years old We started around eight years old of trying everything you like and enjoy the game and, you know, just come and play with your friends. And then right around 13, 14, I'd say, is when you start to specialize and really dial in with what you want.
0: Delaney played AAU basketball and watched his teammates get recruited. Still, he waited for an offer of his own.
1: And, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm doing everything they're doing. I'm like, you know, dropping the same amount of points, doing all the same like formula as they're doing, and I'm not landing an offer. And so I'm 16, 17, putting all my work and time and energy into basketball. Everything is basketball. And I started to sacrifice a lot of the things that like, you know, is it like other pieces of my identity and like, you know, everyone else is building their social awareness and social settings. And it's like, I'm going to bed at 9pm on a Saturday night because I want to get up early on Sunday. So I don't really have that time to formulate other parts of my identity. And, uh, you know, I haven't really thought on that or looked back on it or reflected on it in a while. But, you know, when you're so focused on something and narrow minded, you kind of lose sight of of other things that maybe you should be building, like uh, social skills and, you know, things that are important. So I think You know, it could be 13 and 14. For me, it hit me right around 16, 17. I ended up getting a scholarship. Luckily, the work paid off. Like, I'm very grateful, very blessed. But um, it it was like a nine to 12 month grind where I kind of sacrificed a lot of other things for basketball.
0: When Delaney stepped foot on Adelphi's campus, 5,000 students and a basketball team coming off a 19 and 10 season greeted him. It felt like the perfect place to continue his academic and athletic careers. After being redshirted for seven games, Delaney finished his freshman campaign with a co-rookie of the year title and a Northeast 10 championship berth.
1: You know, when I look back on that, especially that time in my life, um, that was such a weird year for me. It was so rocky because I'd say that, you know, I was playing well in high school, just like any kid who's, you know, going to go on and play in college. And you know, I had some high expectations for myself when I got to college. And then like, I definitely had some time. To transition into college, adjust. I think I was underweight. You know, I came in at 205 with my sophomore year, I was 240. So I had to put on a lot of physical weight uh, to match the physicality. And I don't think I was ready mentally, physically, you know, for that level. And the Northeast 10, Division II, a lot of people think it's just Division II, but a lot of people, you know, aren't ready for that level, man. Like it is a different level. And so uh, I ended up getting redshirted uh my freshman year for seven games um and you know I took it I was like damn man and I'm going through the motions and practice I can see myself kind of slipping like what's the point of practicing at maximum level every day if I'm not gonna go into a game and there's such a difference in that and so I was red shirted for seven games and then one of our guys tears his achilles on the seventh game which You know, it was really unfortunate, but, you know, my coach pulled me in and I'm still a freshman. I'm like 18 or 19 years old. And he's like, hey, man, we'll pull your red shirt back if you're willing to play. And I'm like, I thought about it. I had to tell him I had to think about it. But I was like, I do want to play like I'll put everything in the past. I'll put seven games, you know, a third of the season out of the way. I want to experience. I want to go. And so, uh, you know, I hopped off the red shirt, came in. I knew I could shoot the three. My defense wasn't where it needed to be. My rebound wasn't, but I was just like, let's go. And, you know, I learned a ton that year. And I think one of the main reasons why I won that co-rookie of the year award was because I shot 40% from three, which is, you know, I put in a lot of work in my shot. And uh, to see it pay off after that rocky start to that year, it was like, wow, that's amazing, you know? So, but I really couldn't have done it without like my coach and my teammates because they saw something in me that I didn't see. The mentality for me was like a little bit of a chip on the shoulder to start, like go out there and prove something, like go out there and earn it, right? And then it started to develop into like, damn, like there's no games, like there's no like real way to prove it. Like, yeah, you're in practice, but it doesn't matter what I do in practice. It's like, there's there's nothing on the books here, man. It's just practice. And so I started going through the motions, like started just, you know, uh, like, you know, hitting shots, kind of chilling a little bit. Like I could see myself slip. That motivation wasn't there because I'm like, I feed off competitive energy. And it's like, we're doing a bunch of drills and plays in practice. So it's like, how do I prove myself? I think it would have been so different if I was redshirted the whole year. I was only redshirted seven games, but I I saw it as like a chip on the shoulder, shifting to now going through the motions, losing motivation. And then, you know, I found my motivation. I was good, I started playing. Um, I don't know what it would have been like if it was a full redshirt year.
0: During those times when he began to question his passion and love for the sport, Delaney found mental health advocacy. Adelphi employs a psychologist, but Delaney saw a gap in treatment availability as the individual care provider was available to all students. He set off to change that, even creating a website and starting a petition to add a sports psychologist to the staff at Adelphi.
1: A general psychologist might just tell you, you know, dealing with an eating disorder, you know, like, just eat more, right? Or like, you know, you have to eat this way, right? But then it comes to sports like wrestling, or sports like gymnastics, where cutting weight, and you're constantly weighed, where you can't just eat more. And so they don't understand that, like, you know, you're being weighed. And there's it's it's part of your sport to maintain your weight and your figure and stuff like that. So you just don't get it, man. So general psychology doesn't link with sports psychology, and you know they don't understand how important that sport is. It's it's an identity to student athletes. Like it's who they are. You can't just tell them to cut their sport out of their life. And I know that you know your life is always more important than your sport. But we have to learn how to you know understand how important that identity is to people and work within their lifestyle and their grind to figure out you know kind of the root of the problem so what what's going on right now is you have a general psychology department student counseling center um, and you know you spend six to eight weeks in there in some form of counseling I've never actually done it I've just heard this and then with availability issues you're kind of just you know told hey man like we got to move on there's other people that need help you should try to go private you know through insurance or someone that you know back home or through your family. So it's a general email, it's general psychology. It's really not student athlete tailored. And we did have a part-time sports psychologist slash counselor on campus. She's amazing, but her availability, I mean, I didn't even wanna meet with her for therapy or anything. I wanted to go in there just to introduce myself. And I go in there early in the morning at like 7 a.m. She's like, hey man, you gotta come back at 10.30. I'm with someone, come back at 10.30. She's like kicking me out after like 17 minutes. I'm letting out everything that I've got, trying to tell her my ideas, everything. This is in like April when I'm shooting like the petition, all all this, like, can you give me some resources? She's like, hey, I gotta go, I got another patient. And like, these are student athletes who are silently struggling within our community that I didn't even know are six to eight weeks backed up with availability. And she is the only resource while she's pursuing a social work degree, while she's got her own family, her own job, her own stuff that she's doing and she's working part-time hours throughout the week to favor this backed up student athlete community that's not getting the help they need through general psychology and the general referral email, right? And so there's silent struggles that need resources. So I'm trying to build those types of resources um, and we've done, we've made a lot of progress, but that's where it is now. That's, That's how it stands. This is a recent statistic that has developed over time, you know, after COVID. But 50% of student-athletes wouldn't utilize a sports psychologist on campus if one were provided to them. So my initial goal of, you know, let's get a sports psychologist on campus. Everyone, like, would go to someone, you know, they want a deep relationship. I'm big on interpersonal relationships, someone who understands, maybe someone who was a student-athlete who gets the culture, the grind, right? You know, that would be the resource for people who were struggling mentally, these hidden, silent struggles, right? But you know, what's true now from this study is that only 50% would actually use one due to trust and confidentiality. Because I do go to a small school, everybody talks, the athletic trainers talk to the coaches who talk to your teammates. And you can see your teammates as co-workers, friends that they're in, you know, you get lunch with them, you practice with them, you, you sleep with them. Like, you know, who are these people, man? It's weird. You do everything with them. So um, you know, trust and confidentiality is huge for athletes who are struggling and that other 50% values that confidentiality and private help seeking. So what I did is I built a website and that website serves as an educational forum for people who do value private help seeking. And I'm big on education. I think what I want to do right now is yes, I would love to have a sports psychologist on campus. but. Who I've talked to, the people, they're real with me, and budgeting and financing is a problem, right? So that's going to take time. So this is like an interim thing that I'm doing, like, okay, let's build an educational forum with books, podcasts. Your podcast is up there, Closer Mentality, right? Like resources, links, videos. Um, I want to develop it into like one to five minute training sessions, probably from a credible source or you know a mental health professional, sports psychologist, who develops maybe like a one to five minute video or a one to two page publication on performance anxiety or, or, um, you know, you know, dealing social media, dealing with like, as an athlete, like how do you deal with that? Like training? Cause there's people who go on and speak on conferences and stuff. And you might say something that you don't want. And now the public's attacking you on your Instagram account. Like it's a lot to deal with as a 20, 21 year old kid in college. And, um, You know, I want to develop this into kind of an educational forum for those who value private help. seeking we don't see who goes and accesses our website. I value education. I value when I, you know, I'm struggling with something mentally. I want to know like what it is. And so I want to build this website as the educational forum. And then my next goal would be to change the attitudes and beliefs and the culture uh, within the student athlete community to break down that stigma. So it's education first change cultural attitude and belief second, that other 50%, maybe we never do get them to, to value or go to a sports psychologist. That's fine. I still want them to recognize that there's other forms of education or other forms of help that you can do. I go for walks. Like, I take my dog for a walk. I run. That's my meditative practice for the day. Other people meditate, right? Like that is my, you know, 15, 30 minutes hour alone that I love. Like it just frees my mind. Um, I like to lift. You know, that's a meditative practice for me.
0: He joined Adelphi's chapter of Morgan's Message, hoping to find a group of similarly passionate student athletes. Little did he know, that connection would catapult his next life choices.
1: I've always been big on mental health, like taking care of yourself, definitely physical health and wellness, right? But also just mental health. And um, we had two girls on our softball team, specifically one, And she came to me and I was like, yo, I wanna be a part of this, this Morgan's message. They were just starting it up at that time, trying to build an Instagram account, getting it going, explaining me what it was. And I was actually already on my own little venture of mental health, like proactivity, where I worked with one of our head advisors and we got a petition out to try to, you know, uh, in favor of a sports psychologist within the athletic department. And that idea was brought to me from a friend who was going going through something mentally with a friend. And they, um, and, you know, she brought me that idea and I just went on it. Like I I tried to get it. We got that petition out and we got four, close to 400 signatures on that. And then, you know, this girl that I was talking to on softball, she's like, Hey, like, you know, if you want to like harness this energy into a Delphi Morgan's message, let's build this chapter up. And right now, like We've been working these last couple months and it's, it's, I've met a ton of people met, done like heard some amazing stories and we've built up like, I think close to 30, like 20 ambassadors, 10 advocates. We have like three guys, three people in a leadership position, um, like senior ambassadors, and, uh, we have an advisor, I have a few mentors and we like, we're doing every, we have a lot of projects. You know, I could talk on that for a long time, but it's, it's really grown in the last couple months. And I think being out of college class and you know has given me the time to really like invest all my passion and energy into this thing.
0: Through his work with Morgan's message, Delaney sells shirts to raise money for athlete mental health nonprofits. Since kicking this portion of the efforts into gear recently, Delaney has sold 101 shirts.
1: Every shirt that I sell, you know, I met 101 people. That's not just 101 shirts. Here you go. That's there's a kid on my team who just snapped his tibia and fibula in half playing football. And he's one of my guys. He's my six, five, five right now. And I go to him, I hand him the shirt and I say, yo, man, like this is not only going to be a physical journey. All right. This is mental too. Like it's up here. Like this is positive, positive mindset. Like call me if you need anything. All right. But like, like this is like, stay patient. You know, you can only move your leg like six inches right now, but You're gonna be all right, man. Like everything's gonna be fine, head up, positive mind, right? And so that's two, like, you know, I made 200 shirts. This is gonna be 200 stories. I've heard some amazing, incredible stories of resilience and just things they've overcome. And uh, it's spreading the message while simultaneously getting some funding to do what we wanna do.
0: He says that self-awareness and improved mental wellness are as much about how you view your place in the world as they are about the people who choose to cohabit that place.
1: I think the first step to anything is building self-awareness, which is something that I really didn't start to really study until I was in college and and paying attention to to people's energy and, you know, their true intentions. And, and, you know, I feel very strong and confident and comfortable with where I am in my life right now, right? But if I step off something or engage in, in an activity or hang with someone that, kind of breaks my character a little or I feel like I'm acting out of place or I don't feel as comfortable here like okay I need to pay attention to that that's self-awareness and I think having a good support system around yourself identifies when you don't even see it in yourself when you feel blind to your own Andrew you're acting different man like you're changing a little and I've had some incredible friends who've noticed that and, and I'll be in denial, right? I'll be like, no, no, I'm good. And it's like, no, no, you need to go to sleep. You need to rest. You need to chill out. Like, you need to stop doing this. And, you know, I think other people, friends, genuine support systems, not the friends who, you know, tell you, let's go out, let's go drink and party tonight, right? Like the friends who are like, Andrew, you need to chill out tonight. Like, you need to get some rest. You've been stressing yourself all week over this thing. Like, those are the real friends who are noticing, like, the, the, when you start to kind of slip off the cracks a little bit and and they kind of see that within you. And they also encourage the great things that you do. That's a good friend too. A friend who's like, you know what, you did this and I thought that was amazing. And you give that mutual, you know, encouragement and notice back, right? So I think having a good support system around you and that can be one person, that can be 50 people. It's different for everyone. I, I say this to a lot of people, like if you want to build a support system for yourself, go to the environments where you enjoy being around those types of people or people who convey that same type of energy. So if I'm looking to build friends in a new town, say I moved to a new school or a new town, if I go to the bar, I'm going to meet a bunch of people who like to party till two in the morning. If I go to the gym, it's like shopping for the people that you want in your life. If that makes sense. It's like, if I go to the gym, I'm going to meet a bunch of athletes, people who value their health. Right? Like if I, you know, go to, um, I don't know, a yoga session, I'm going to meet some very like in depth people who are good with their emotional intelligence and patience, you're going to learn the exact types of things that they're doing those are their habits, those their daily habits, and people are their habits, you are your habits, okay, you can say you're one thing you can say you're this, you're that, I look at who you are and what you're doing every single day. So like, go towards those types of people.
0: Finding your people doesn't even need to mean teammates. Team environments aren't always positive. And even those who aren't playing collegiately or professionally can still be incredible advocates for those conversations and safe spaces. Morgan's message and its campus campaigns are launching points for these types of relationships. And Delaney says that the overarching topics aren't limited to those participating in sports.
1: You know, even on my journey that I'm doing right now on student athlete mental health, you know, I'm selling these shirts. I had someone come up to me and be like, hey, I play club basketball. Does that count, right? Like, are we athletes? Like, if I played athlete, like as an athlete in high school my whole life and then I gave it up in college or I played two years in college, got injured, and I left my sport, am I still an athlete, right? Do I qualify for this? And I'm like, yeah, man, this, this covers everyone. Now, we are student-athlete tailored. A lot of the books, you know, your podcast, a lot of the podcasts, um, they are student-athlete tailored, but, you know, I had a friend who was going through a little something. and I sent our website. And I said, hey, look, they are student-athlete tailored, but you can take, you know, life lessons from anything. You know, I, I'm a business finance major. I watch a lot of finance types of guys whose daily habits are actually just general daily habits that you can take a lot from, whether it's finance or business-based or not. It's really like just, you know, these are healthy habits and proactive aggressive ways that you can implement in your life.
0: Those aspects of mental health that transcend sport are some of Delaney's personal favorites. The thrill of the unknown, interacting with the team from a leadership role, learning how to multitask and prioritize time, and preparing to complete the inherent tasks and to-dos that come with practice are a few that bring out his passion.
1: The first practice is my favorite moment of every year. The first, like, you know, it's awesome, right? It's it's like the best feeling of all time. And you see, it's a mix of like, seeing where you were last year at that practice and a mix of the potential of what you could be. It's like a reflection and a realization of potential at the same time. Like, I find it very, like, it's a deep thing to me, every first practice of every year. And the energy is through the roof for like, from there to like three weeks in, right? And then... Guy goes down with an ankle injury, right? 7 a.m. lifts become harder. Classes, maybe exams start coming on, right? Yet you see an energy fall off, right? Like three weeks into preseason. And and that's when you really start to see the great leaders rise. Like you start to see the real like strong people that you can rely on who are going to continue to show up five minutes early or to, or get shots up before practice or, you know, stay solid on their homework. and And, you know, the energy is through the roof dips a little and and that's true for for anyone. But preseason's a lot of fun. A lot of emphasis on strength and conditioning. Um, definitely hard to, to adjust, keep your grades up and do you know all of it. In season is a whole nother beast. In season is just like you're on the road weekends, you know you're traveling back. you get back at three in the morning. You've got class at eight. Coach says you got to go to class. You got practice the next day. Film of your last game. Film of the next game oh man, lift, maintenance lifts, you know, you still, you still got class in it. And if you want to throw in some social relationships too, you know, it's, it's a whirlwind, man. In season is another beast and you just have to be so focused mentally and so like invested in what you love and rely on your team. And just, it's incredible. And then post-season is like another, another thing. It's like, it's chill. It's, it's a lot of shooting and more skill development, right? Less, less strength and conditioning and go, go, go. And like, we're climbing up the mountain. Now it's like, we're kind of like, just kind of walking, but like, yeah, it plateaus a little bit, right? Like, like, how are you going to combat that? Like, are you still showing up and are you still working on your game and like, try to try to be invested in this? Cause you're not getting motivated or pushed as much or coached as much. And, and that's when I think you see the people who really coach themselves and have those discipline, like habits, right. In the postseason. So it's, you have these different energies in each season, and, and it's, um, wow. If, it, if you're a freshman just coming in, it's going to be an adjustment, man, but I'd say invest in your team, invest in, in people who want the best for you, and, and you'll get through it.
0: Delaney is now in a position that allows him to shine on his college team while also helping teach youth basketball players the skills that they'll need down the line. He coaches a 16U AAU team and has shifted the way he coaches, based on bits and pieces of coaching he's learned through his own life. In the same way that everyone we meet and interact with helps to shape our worldview, Delaney says that the same applies to coaches.
1: I've learned a lot through coaching through every coach that I've had. I take plays and I take little bits and pieces from every coach, you know, all the schools that I went to, all the teams that i played for, they've all built me as a coach. and um, And I've learned like a lot of things, but how I coach is a lot of i really want to emphasize freedom and trust um like i want to trust you like i recruited you and you play for me like i believe you're good enough that i want to build the trust within you and within your teammates that i'm just here to say what i see what i feel is going on like i trust my instincts enough i've been around the game for so long in my life where i i feel something coming on and it's like i'll comment on that and it's more of an encouragement it's more like you know, you know, Mike, you saw what you did there, right? Like, you know, you saw that, right? Okay, that's it, I trust that you saw it. I don't have to hound you. I see so many coaches when I'm coaching against them or just, you know, when I'm refereeing and I see coaches, they'll be like, they'll be like, oh, how did you not see that? Like, there's two people there, that's a problem. It's like, if you analyze what you just said, there's absolutely zero coaching in that. Because first of all, the kid probably did see exactly what you saw, there's two people over there, that's a problem. And you just pointed out a problem and provided absolutely no solution to that problem. And you didn't guide him or encourage him or coach him in any direction at all. You just commented on a problem, which is what you see all the time. in like, and when people voice their opinions, that's a problem. It's like, okay, well, what's your solution? So I think great coaches guide players and encourage them and provide them with, you know, solutions, or maybe you could have tried this. All right. Okay, maybe if you went there, hey, man, start running ball side. You're going to see some opportunities open on that side of the ball, like just feeding them, you know, choices. And I trust that, like, you might not even do what I say, like you might go that route. But I really do trust that you're going to figure it out or make a play. And it's like I'll tell my guys, like, okay, come off this ball screen and make a play. They'll look at me. They'll be like, well, what play? I'll be like, read it, read and react. We emphasize read and react around here. So I'm, I'm big on playing competitive, playing less drilling, less going over plays, less discipline at that age, more like just being a guide and an advocate and someone on their corner, someone who like, you know, I'm young, I'm an athlete, like, and I'm still learning, I'm still playing. Like I'm still going to learn a ton about coaching and playing, you know, the next two years that I have in college. But uh, that's, that's my look on coaching, uh, you know, so far. I have a lot more to learn. I'm excited. I love it. Love it. You know, when I shoot with my guys, I'll shoot with um some of my players, my 16 year olds that I coach and we'll go through shooting and we'll do shooting reps. And, you know, I'll see some guys down on the other end and they're flying through the drill. And I'll have another guy like trying to analyze his shot like, oh, this doesn't feel right. And I'm like, okay, great. Spend like five seconds thinking about it, right? But if you think about it too much, like these guys are flying through the drill. Like you're gonna learn more through the actual repetition and the actual practice than you will through the analytical thought that's going on in your head. You're going to learn more by just going through it and getting through the practice. And you know, I'm you know, I'm not saying like play through you know deep injury or something that you might think is genuinely hurt, but like understanding that like I'm going to learn more by just going through it and, and try and being resilient um, rather than you know uh, just caving in and saying I'm out, man, I'm out because that that pain of of regret. I heard a great quote of like friends who were climbing a mountain together and they were like 80% up up the mountain. And one of their friends was like, I'm going down, man, I can't do it anymore. And they all tried to encourage him like, dude, you got to get up this mountain, dude, come on. And he went down, he, he caved in, he went down. And all the other guys, they got up the mountain and they came down and they saw their friend who, who caved in. And like the look of regret on his face was so like deep. And it's just like. You will like just keep going, man. Like that's what this semicolon means on this butterfly. Like it means keep going and, and being resilient. That's the word, man, resilient, you know.
0: Delaney's coaching style emerged from coaches he's had in the past. But outside of the offensive and defensive play calling, he's crafted a specific way of instructing his players on the mental game.
1: I believe in being tough on the court. That is something I value um like we said being resilient toughness like bring it man bring that energy and i am someone who talks smack and practice like i really i am hitting you i'm doing all that like i'm in you i'm gonna tell you like i want to compete and i really test people and players like it's almost like a level of respect like if you're gonna talk back and you prove it to me and i said something to you. And then you go score a bucket on me. It's like, oh man, let's go now. Like you're in my world. Like, I like that. I love that so much. And so, um, that is something I value, but on the court. And so, you know, you're on the court for two hours. Like, you know, I lifted this morning, right. And I'll probably go play tonight for like an hour, hour, 30 minutes. And I go into that zone. Right. But off the court, you're in a whole nother world. Like I was just talking with a friend and we were talking about the the thought of flow when you flow on the basketball court. And I think I flow as a coach too. Like when I'm in that world, I immediately enter this mindless, like, I don't think about anything. I'm just flowing. And it's like, you're not even thinking at all. It's like you're dancing almost for like an hour and 30 minutes, total escape from any thought of life. Right. And, and then you get in the car or you get in the shower after it's done or you're, you know you're moving on to the next thing or you're at dinner or you're sitting in your room at night, like thought comes. And so that toughness, that same like run through a wall, be tough, talk smack, like get in your face, it's not the same thing. It's like applying skills and habits to one thing that has nothing to do with with what you're going through. And I believe, you know, vulnerability and conversation and patience. And, and it depends on environment. It's just like when you talk to people, right? Like I'm going to wear a suit and tie for when I go and I meet with clients for my finance internship. I'm going to wear a shirt and t-shirt right now, right? Or when I coach it's, it's the skills and it's, it's understanding the environment and, and what you need to bring to the, that table and the mind and skill set and how you view the situation and your perspective is totally different from the toughness I bring on the court to the toughness I have in dealing with, you know, a girlfriend, right? Totally different. And, and, and I think, um, you know, you need to study each scenario, but I think it cuts off like it's an in the zone and out of the zone thing on the court, that toughness thing, but people do put on that game face and try to think that it's going to work, you know, in social relationships or, or, in their daily life and it's like good luck man that's not it like that mental toughness that everyone talks about everyone thinks it's like game face run through a wall it's like okay you know maybe when you're on the offensive line but you know when you're going through your daily life mental toughness to me is more like taking a step back looking at the wall analyzing the wall getting help to go over the wall and understanding that if I get four or five people maybe I don't have to run through it and risk bashing my head into something and maybe we can all just climb over it and help each other over it together right like that's mental toughness is mental toughness to me is a calm state it's not the you know ridiculous flailing the arms loud and aggressive and and punching and like just like that's not mental toughness like you know oh man it's more the calm and the 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 patient and the vulnerable and the leader who 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 just is and leads by example and like understanding that when you're in a calm state you're much more reliable and trusted Um, and your decision making isn't going to be influenced by that emotional thing that you're feeling right now that of aggression that you might have for an hour a day it's not even like real it's just temporary and you might go lift and say i'm mentally tough and then when you get home you're exhausted and you're going through something mentally and you might experience some form of anxiety that same aggression isn't going to work man it's like you need to be calm let's 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 get rid of distractions and toxic environments and things that you might have been doing that are stressors let's identify those stressors just like we identify the wall and let's learn to implement them outside of our life i think a big um quote that I've learned is like treating yourself like someone you're responsible for taking care of. And you know, would I tell my mom or my brother to do these types of things that I'm doing to myself, like to run through the wall. It's like I wouldn't tell my mom to do that. It's like, let's take a step back. Let's you need to rest. Like you need to, you need to do this. I can see you're stressed out. So like treat yourself that same way, man. That holding yourself to that mentally tough standard is is nuts. You will go through, you know, hard times in your life. And like, if you look at the statistics, like one in four of people will experience a major depressive episode in their lifetime, like you're gonna live a lot of years in life, and you might get hit with one of those. And like, the way out of it is really, it's it's doing healthy habits and the good things, they're going to propel you in the right direction and, and giving back like giving is a big way out of depression, like giving yourself and I know people are exhausted when they're depressed. But like, if you just, you know, really if you just keep giving, you'll get back that same energy that you put out into the world. So so that's that's the point I want to make and you know, I'm I'm doing petitions, I'm selling t-shirts right now, but I'm building websites with education, but hopefully like, you know, we we do some campaigns and we dedicate some games this year and we really spread the message and I'm excited for all the amazing people I'll meet. So that's that's just the last message I want to say.
0: If you feel like you've been trying to be mentally tough for too long, today's sponsor can help with that. Thanks to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. If you've ever listened to a Closer Mentality episode and thought, I feel exactly the same way, I'm working with BetterHelp to bring online therapy to your phone and computer. BetterHelp offers video, phone, and live chat options, and you can speak to a licensed therapist in less than 48 hours. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. BetterHelp has more than 20,000 licensed therapists around the country, and you have access to them at any time. You can get thoughtful messages from your therapist, and if you aren't happy, it's free to change providers. If you're worried about the cost of traditional talk therapy, BetterHelp also plans for that. They offer financial aid if funding is the only thing standing between you and getting the help that you need. Join the over 2 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. I have a special offer for all Closer Mentality listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at BetterHelp.com forward slash Closer Mentality. That's BetterHelp.com forward slash Closer Mentality. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. The link is also in the show notes. Thanks so much to Andrew for spreading the mental health message on Closer Mentality. You can follow him on Instagram at A1Delaney and Closer Mentality at Closer Mental. To see Andrew and I's full interview, check out Closer Mentality Uncensored on YouTube. The link is in the show notes. If you'd like to share your story on Closer Mentality, send us a direct message on Twitter and Instagram at CloserMental. I have more amazing content coming out, but until then, thanks for listening to episode 78 of Closer Mentality. I'm your host, Julia Mellet. See you next week.